0: Yo, what is up and welcome back to Ambitious with Dylan Price. Happy New Year, everybody. And we are kicking 2022 off from the content lens with an absolute banger of a pod coming at you today with the incredible, the incomparable Penn State women's basketball star and captain Anna Camden. This has to be probably one of the most genuine, real, authentic Um, conversations that I've probably ever been able to conduct, and it was absolutely fantastic. She dove into her journey, her life, um, authenticity, courage, courage to be ambitious, uh, chasing her aspirations, and so much more. It was a fantastic conversation, and it was coming at you after a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Liquid IV. Ambitious with Dylan Price is presented by Liquid IV. Liquid IV helps you have superior hydration and energy by multiplying energy and hydration with just one little packet. These packets just get poured into a bottle of water, you shake it on up, and there you go. I start my day every single day with Liquid IV. My favorite flavor is lemon ginger, but there's also lemon ginger, passion fruit, um, acai berry, and limited edition pear flavor they just came out with. There's also some other really cool flavors you can find on the Liquid IV website or in your local stores like Walmart, CVS, Kroger, Walgreens, all of the above. It's a good-for-you supplement that I use all the time. It helps fuel my lifestyle, and I am incredibly thankful for Liquid IV for sponsoring this podcast, and they're an absolute fantastic top-of-the-line hydration supplement. So go out, get yourself some Liquid IV, and fuel life's adventures. Now, back to the show. What is up and welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price and joining me this week is a junior forward for the Penn State Lady Lions. She is the team captain and host of Courtside with Camden where she's interviewed people like NFL quarterback and Penn State alum Trace McSorley, head men's basketball coach Micah Shrewsbury, and so many other awesome people. She also boasts a TikTok following over 236,000 followers. This week's guest is the great Anna Camden thank you for joining me Anna and how are you today? Hi
1: Dylan thank you so much for having me on I'm doing great how are you? I'm doing good i uh, excited to have you
0: on definitely uh, Penn State royalty uh, joining me on this week's pod um, and I want to start with your start um, you come from Downingtown Pennsylvania what led you to Penn State and what was the I guess high school recruiting process like for
1: you? Yeah. I actually never grew up, even though I am from Pennsylvania, a a big Penn State fan. I never pictured myself going here, believe it or not. Um, They started recruiting me for basketball when I was a freshman in high school. And as my recruiting process went along, I explored a lot of different schools, visited up here a bunch. And by the end of the recruitment I kind of just realized that Penn State checked the most of the boxes that I was looking for in a college and that included I did want to be close to my family. I wanted to attend a really strong and high caliber communication school which the Belisario College of Communications is and I wanted to help um, contribute and rebuild a program which is what I'm doing with with the Lady Lions right now. So it kind of was all encompassing what I wanted in a school and I just found myself with a perfect fit. So
0: going back, actually, to your start in basketball itself, when did you start playing? And I know your, um, your brother is plays for Memphis, and you have a lot of athletes in your family. So when did you start playing, and what was it kind of like growing up in a D1 athlete family?
1: <laughs> it was competitive, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I have played basketball literally ever since I can remember. There's, like, pictures of... of five-year-old me and three-year-old my brother like unwrapping stuffed basketballs for christmas like we it's always been in our family my mom played division one basketball my dad was marine both my sisters played division one lacrosse so we're just kind of a sports family all around um you could say so it's definitely competitive growing up having four siblings gives a lot of opportunity for 2v2 games 3v3 if the parents want to get involved whether that's Whipple ball on the beach, basketball in the yard, um, you know, manhunt at night, whatever it might be, we were always competing, um, always active and always just kind of playing with each other, which was really refreshing to be able to grow up around. And I think it definitely prepared me for the dynamic of college sports.
0: So they definitely stoked the competitive fire in you early in life. And then you go into high school where you obviously had an exceptional high school um, athletic career and specifically basketball career. What was your high school basketball career like and your experience like playing high school basketball?
1: Yeah, so I attended the Shipley School, which was about 45 minutes away from my house. Um, It was a private school and I made that decision um, just because of the opportunities that it presented me academically and athletically. I actually took the train to school, which was quite a process every morning and night. Um, But it was an amazing experience. I gained a lot of independence from it, a lot of amazing basketball opportunities and um, exposure to to coaches recruiting me. My team won two state championships, um, a conference championship, and I graduated as the all-time leading scorer in the school for um, for women. So it was definitely an amazing experience. I think I grew a lot from being that far from home touching my com- comfort zone and I was also surrounded by great people an amazing coach Sean Costello um, he helped me grow and taught me so much about myself through and through the game and through uh, through off the court as well so super thankful for everything that Shipley gave me
0: So I touched on you ended up going to Penn State and now that's where you've been for the past few years so we'll start freshman year. You kind of got to dive in and play right away which is exceptional and you got to start what was your freshman year experience like and how was that kind of setting the baseline for i guess where you are today
1: yeah um i mean my freshman year was was quite a year let's say. i mentioned earlier that I, I do um i did pick penn state because i wanted to contribute immediately and so yes i played my freshman year i kind of anticipated that would be the case um but we also had new coaches that i actually hadn't committed to i chose to stay with but that i hadn't signed my NI, uh, nli letter to them so that was a whole new part of, of of it all too but uh my freshman year was a year of growth a lot of learning there were parts of college basketball that i just was not prepared for such as the speed of the game the physicality of the game things that i and had to adjust to and um really grow and get better at very fast. The IQ of the game, like you can't just go out there and rely on your athletic ability and your height like I could in high school. I had to like watch hours of film and and know terminology and play calls and this, that, and the other was a huge adjust for me. But I think obviously our record my freshman year was about as bad as it gets. Um, but we are in a rebuild. That was my first year with my coach. I think a lot of coaches who come in basically tear down whatever foundation was there and then build it up how they want to um, in order to rebuild and restore that that legacy of the program. So it was definitely a year of growth. Um, I look back on that year and sometimes I wince and sometimes I smile because I know how much better I am for it. But it was, it was definitely a hard year.
0: So not only to mention this, but then you go into your sophomore year and kind of having to deal with COVID throughout a bulk of this. How did COVID kind of add an added obvious challenge to kind of managing this and also rebuilding a program
1: yeah so I finished my my freshman year and I'm like I made it through the fire like it's not gonna get harder than that and then boom a pandemic hits and I'm like here we go and we're literally (laughs) in a bubble where I can't hug my mom I can't see anyone except for the 13 members of my team for months on end and that does something to you mentally that is just kind of hard to describe unless you literally go through it um so it 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 definitely was very challenging I think we got tested every day we would go wait for our results terrified waiting to see if we were positive we were the one that was going to cost our team a game if we were the one that was going to shut down our program for two or three weeks like that stuff just it's terrifying to live in that headspace 24-7 and we did for months but at the same time I'm so incredibly thankful that the NCAA Big Ten Um, and Penn State administrative like found a way to let us play even so like even with everything going on I can't imagine if our season had gotten canceled that would have been incredibly hard for me so as hard as it was I'm really thankful that we still got to play games got experiences and then got another year of eligibility because of it as well which is a blessing as well so um, it was definitely definitely an uphill climb but more growth. I mean, with every with every failure, with every setback, with every struggle, you just have an opportunity to grow. So I'm thankful for that in and of itself.
0: You did also finish academic all big 10 despite managing as you just kind of laid out perfectly everything you went through with the constant testing with you know even navigating i know you guys did not the fans in the stands and that had to be something in within itself what kind of being able to pull away that you were academic all big 10 and still able to keep your head about you and keep your wits about you throughout this you know how did that kind of teach you um A lot of lessons in resilience within itself, but also just kind of that you know when everything else is kind of in a weird spot, you can kind of keep going and keep kind of focusing your energy in a positive spot.
1: yeah, I think when you when when I was in the bubble, I would say last year and this year, my academics have been such a happy spot for me. um I absolutely love the career field that I'm heading into. I love my professors. I love the College of Comm here at Penn State. So it was really easy to pour into that and to really like care about what my grades were, what the content and and writing that I was submitting to my professors was. So I was able to just pour into that. Like if things weren't going well on the court or if I was like extra, extra homesick or just feeling extremely claustrophobic in this literal bubble that we were in, school was always an outlet. Um, And as was everything else that I was doing for my career field on social media, on my podcast, like all of that together was... Something I could pour into um, that I could control completely, and that was really refreshing.
0: Well, speaking on the academic aspect of your Penn State career, you are a broadcast journalism major. What led you to choosing broadcast journalism, and I guess what's your intention in your future in trying to uh, break into the field?
1: Yeah, so ever since I can remember, I wanted to be a sports reporter. I used to, like, march around my house when I was 10 years old and call myself action and a news and have my sister's... (laughs) record me interviewing people with an empty coffee cup in my mom's baggy work clothes. So I literally have wanted to do this since I was 10 years old. I don't know why. I don't know when I even got that idea, but I am a very bubbly social person. I love talking to people. I love asking people questions. You can ask anyone I know. I'm very probing. It's just kind of how I'm oriented. So um, I think I've always had a passion for it. And within the sports industry, I mean, I'm minoring in sports studies too. So I would love to see those two major minor Um, have a connection in whatever I end up doing. I could see myself sports reporting. I could see myself anchoring. I could see myself hosting. I could see myself working in social media. Like There's a million things I think I could be happy doing. I have a lot of different interests. Um, I think that I'm excited to see wherever the next few years take me. I'm not limiting myself to anything, um, but I would love to remain in the sports industry working somehow in the media uh, if possible.
0: So It's very awesome and I definitely think with both your personality everything you're doing with the podcast and obviously <laughs> what you're doing on the court I think you're well on your way to achieving that goal but having the experience of playing on the court and being in a program like Penn State for basketball how do you think that's going to be able to kind of add another layer to you know your reporting especially now if that's the goal you end up getting into with the uh, sports reporting
1: yeah I think being on a team in general it it forces you to to excel at communication, whether that's on the court, um, in the heat of a battle, in, in, in a game, or team drama that might happen on the side, or I'm like you mentioned, I'm a captain for my team, so communicating with the rest of my teammates, like times that practice is gonna start, team bonding events we're gonna do, like this, that, and the other information, um, it's so important. So I think just learning to communicate and work in a team is, has been very beneficial for me. Also learning how to deal with different people because my team, I mean, we have people from Switzerland, we have people from Sweden, we have people from Florida, we have people from Wisconsin, like we are spread out and there's a lot of different personalities and a lot of different people, even within my coaches as well. So I think just learning how to communicate and handle different people and bring everyone together in unity is a skill that will definitely benefit me when I make it into my career industry.
0: Well, speaking on being a captain, that is a new title you have this year. What was that kind of like when uh, Coach keeger decided to name you captain for the 2021-2022 season?
1: Yeah, so I was actually um, – it's not as well-known, but I was I was named captain mid-year last year, my sophomore year. Um in the middle of the season. It was kind of voted on by the team, and then it was carried on to this year. But it's something that I'm definitely thankful for. I'll be honest, the, the label captain is not um, – something that like I chase or that holds a lot of weight with me mm-hmm. it's more like the influence um that I'm able to have over my team and hopefully make everyone around me better um since I was in, in high school I, and people would ask me like what's your goal in the world or like what do you want to be remembered for I my answer has always been like I want to have a positive effect on the people around me so I think being in a position of leadership on the team gives gives me an opportunity to do that which I'm super grateful for
0: so, Coach Kier talked at length about the role you've had. So, to hype you up a little more, I know you said you don't chase the <laughs> captain role, and it's not necessarily something, you know, you were going after, but she's talked at length, especially even this week, um, after you guys played Youngstown State, about how everything she's thrown at you, you've kind of taken on. You know, she's asked you to work on getting more rebounds. You've done that. She's asked you to work on, you know, improving the communication of the team on the court. You've done that. What has it kind of been like, you know, being able to – Adapt and adjust to everything she's thrown at you and kind of allow yourself to kind of grow throughout these. I mean, even from last season to this year, but even from your freshman season to sophomore year. What has that kind of been like, you know, adding more and more facets to your game on and off the court, really?
1: You know, Dylan, I would love to take credit for that, um, but I can't. I would say that I'm surrounded by great people who help me grow every single year, whether they realize it or not, whether they're doing it on purpose or not. Um, think surrounding yourself with the right people helps you become a better person and a better player, even like whatever area you want to look at that into. So I, I can't really take credit for my growth. Obviously, there's some grit and determination that comes with it. But I also would say like, um, I've gotten amazing opportunities. I'm surrounded by great people. And it's all you know coming together. It's, I also would say my my faith in um, religion is something that really keeps me grounded and allows me to Show up every day with a smile on my face, um trust in the process and trust in the plan that I know the Lord has for me, and then uh be able to attack whatever is thrown at me that day. That's like a really big part for me too so
0: now i this is more to kind of tie off I guess now the three years here so far um playing basketball for Penn State, but with everything, with trusting the process, with being named captain, with growing in your role, and then even the team itself, you know, you guys taking strides as kind of playing as a unit more and more, and even coming off um, a really strong last two games against Rutgers and Youngstown State, and really you guys finding your groove. What has it kind of been like to kind of now start seeing the fruition of the, you know, you mentioned the rough start freshman year, but the rebuild really starting to kind of come to fruition?
1: Oh man, it's um it's very rewarding. We have a long ways to go. We have a lot of high goals and ambitions for ourselves, but I think when you put in literally blood, sweat, and tears, like <laughs> I can think of multiple occasions where each of those things have been put in um into this rebuild and, and and building this program from the bottom up, it's an incredible feeling when you start to reap the rewards of it. I mean, upsetting Ohio State, who was ranked number 15 in the country last year at the end of our season was was just like just the start of it. And I think that even just gives me chills to think about um, the standard that we're holding ourselves to and where we expect to be at the end of this season and then the start of next season. Like, I think when you work so hard for something, it makes it so much more worth it when, when you achieve it, which is part of the reason that I chose to come to Penn State and be a part of a rebuild, because I didn't... I mean, it would have been easy. I had options just to go to a winning program already, you know? But I think mm-hmm. that, like, everything worth having, um, you, you got to work for first, so... I'm excited to see where we're going to reap all the rewards. It's it's an incredible feeling.
0: Well, there's definitely people who've come on this podcast that are ambitious, but I definitely think you've fit the bill pretty perfectly with that and kind of taking that initiative and saying, you know, I don't necessarily want to go, like you just said, to a winning program and walk in, you know, and not not even necessarily be able to contribute, but walk in and walk into success, but rather kind of walk into a program that's kind of been down on their luck a little bit, but had the resources to turn it around. And it's admirable that that's what you wanted and definitely shows a lot about being ambitious. So shout out to you on that one. And one thing I did hear you talk about a lot recently and maybe it's because we happen to have the media brand class where i get to hear you talk about this in person but the courage to be ambitious that's something that a lot of people have come in over that class actually and talked about but it's a big thing a lot of people talk about in trying to push yourself out of your comfort zone and something that you believe adamantly about. So how do you kind of find that courage within you to be ambitious and to go outside your comfort zone and to do things like put yourself into a rebuild situation and not walk into you know a well, a well designed situation.
1: Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think. So I think what it comes down to for me is like it takes courage to be ambitious, right? Like you can, in order to be ambitious, to like dream big, to allow yourself to like have high goals for yourself, you you gotta have courage. You have to, you know, the whole old saying, like you have to risk it to get the biscuit. Um, I think for me, what gives me that courage and that ability is, I said it before, but like being surrounded by really supportive, amazing people, um, having a faith and a trust in God and his plan for my life. And I think I would also add into that, like, if you're not failing if you're not being rejected if you're not experiencing like heartbreak in your life you're probably not growing and i think that that's something that i've really had to learn over the past couple of years um when i went through some hardships or difficult times in my life like all of those things are an opportunity to rise and to become better and um I think that's just something that I'm really passionate about. And I wish I could like talk about it to anyone who would listen because I think it's so beneficial to get out of your comfort zone. I mean, I'm literally in my my bedroom in my apartment and I'm staring at a quote on my wall called the man in the arena by uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Like that's a quote I try to live by about putting yourself in the arena, risking rejection, failure, criticism, but knowing that it's going to pay off. You're ultimately going to be a better person because of that. And I think that that's just how I try to live my life. Um, whether you look at starting my podcast, picking Penn State, showing up when half of my team left two years in a row, like returning, like all that kind of stuff is just, um, I don't know, I think I think it pays off in the end, and that's just how I decide I want
0: to live my life. Has it always been easy for you to kind of find that courage and be ambitious, or was it something, you know, like you, I know you mentioned like the Action Anna news and like you're always being bubbly and <laughs> having those ambitions, but was it always easy for you, I guess, to kind of push yourself to do different things like that and to be the... I guess, one to step outside your comfort zone?
1: I would say in a way, yes. I am naturally outgoing, an extrovert, bubbly, um, love talking to people. I've never, ever been shy. Um, So in that way, no, it's not hard for me to be courageous, like talking to people. But I would say I did used to live in a huge fear of what other people thought about me. And it was crippling. And it ate up my thoughts all day, every day. Um, and I think in that way, it was hard for me to even, like, when I was starting social media, like, I would panic about things I was posting the way it would be perceived, what um, people might make fun of me for, like, trying to be on social media, trying to be famous on TikTok, all that kind of stuff. Um, even courtside with Camden, like, okay, are people going to think that I, like, think I'm too good at what I'm doing or think that I'm better than what I am? and I, Do I even have the credibility to start this kind of podcast? Like, I, that used to be a crippling um, point of anxiety for me that was very limiting to my ambition. And it's something that I've actually really grown out of um, in the last six or seven months and has been so ridiculously freeing because at the end of the day, like you just have to decide what's important to you, what your goals are, what your values are, and then stick to them and whatever anyone else thinks doesn't matter. I mean, like the quote, the man in the arena, like if they're not in the arena with you, if they're not someone you would take advice from, like don't take criticism from them. So I think in a way, yes, it's easy for me to be courageous, but there were definitely struggles and bumps along the, the road that I kind of had to get um, get out of my system before I could like freely pursue all the dreams and aspirations that I have for myself.
0: Is there like any specific tactic you took to kind of like move past that? idea of you know what does this person think of me or what are they thinking of me if I post this or what are they thinking of me for starting like a podcast or interviewing this person or how I said this like how do you move past those I guess voices and even demons in your head of like this is you know you're not doing it this way or kind of like any self-doubt
1: yeah I'm glad you asked that and I'm it's cool that you use the word demons because for me that is my faith and my relationship with the Lord I think um and this looks differently for everyone but like where I just like rooted my worth and my validation and where I was finding my purpose in the world, um, came from God. And I think that like when you can, when you can determine that, like where you're finding your happiness and your worth, um, and then you also determine what your purpose in life is like, it literally will not matter what anyone else says because you, you know, that's your purpose and that's your gift to be used. And I think like I have realized that over the last year of my life, like my gift to the world is my ability to communicate and how much I care about the people around me and I think that like I can now passionately and freely pursue that and do that to my best of my ability without caring what other people might think because I know that I'm living out my purpose in the world I'm living out God's plan for me and I'm trying to be the best uh, Anna Camden that I can be so I think that was very freeing obviously it's going to look differently for everyone but I think you have to figure out if we want to take Um, religion out of it like you just have to find a place where you're going to find your worth and validation that isn't the opinions or the affirmations of others because if you base it on that you're going to have a lifetime of of emptiness in your heart and that's really hard to live with not to get all deep but
0: (laughs) (laughs) well uh, to kind of put religion back into it i know you're taking out of it and kind of opening it up a little but how much does your religion pay an impact in kind of rooting you and Allowing you to kind of take that step back and say, okay, well, even in the hardships, even in the upheavals, um, you can still count on that and count on that consistency. How does that kind of help you stay rooted and stay grounded?
1: It's everything. I mean, mm-hmm. I I can't imagine like living the life I live and walking this path without the Lord by my side. I think obviously I'm nowhere near perfect, and I have slip ups, and there are moments when I forget to trust Him and forget to talk, talk to the Lord and bring Him my prayers and. And those are the, usually the moments when I find my most anxiety and most frustrations and want to give up and want to quit at whatever I'm fighting at. Um, but looking back over my three years, like I can find his hand in so many different um, mountains that I've climbed and uh, successes that I've had. So it's been um, absolutely essential in, in my mental sanity and my happiness and my peace and all, all of it.
0: Now, kind of shifting gears here from, you know, the heavier topic to let's go to TikTok, Um, much lighter, (laughs) loose topic here. Um, You mentioned kind of having that courage to jump into something like this and step outside your comfort zone. And then you post TikToks and now you have 236 plus thousand people who watch the content and give you validation in that kind of respect. But what is that? what is that like what is how did you start tiktok how'd you go viral tell us the story i guess about how anna camden on tiktok came to be
1: so i actually would was that girl that like refused to get the app at first i was like oh my gosh i'm not like just fitting in this like trend right now and then i finally got the app and it was hilarious and i would like send my roommate mckenna like 30 tiktok today i'd be like this is so funny and she's like dude i know like and then my teammates fresh my freshman year decided to like I don't know just make me make TikToks so or like you could totally be famous like you're like a perfect candidate for it and I was like I thought it was all a joke and then I made some and then they started blowing up and um my name started getting out there more and it was kind of just like a snowball effect after that
0: and how has I mean that It's you've got a platform and you've been able to utilize that in a multitude of ways. But how has kind of having that platform now that you've kind of come into mm, helped you with, you know, I guess, championing different causes, but also championing like what you stand for and what you kind of want to put out there?
1: I actually didn't um, care about (laughs) the social media or the following that I had. It didn't really mean anything to me. Um, was something I was passionate about until I saw the first comment from a 10-year-old girl that was like, you're my role model, or I want to be like you when I'm older. And I just remember seeing that and being like, holy crap, I want to make my social media presence influence as big as possible and reach as many younger women as I possibly can. And that was kind of the start of growing that journey knowing what I could like present myself as on social media and my personal brand and the effects that I could that I could have on little girls and it's been incredible I mean I'm a firm believer like the the quote um be who you needed when you were when you were younger like I truly try to live my life especially through social media that way because like when I was younger I needed more realness I need to see girls with muscles girls who played their sport and weren't just like talking about who kissed who and who what boy liked this girl and like all that kind of stuff like I feel like i could have used when i was younger when i was the, when i was the little girl who loved sports and cared more about my tournament this weekend and the party that i was missing like i think i just try to represent and be everything that i needed and that is realness and that's um i think a big part of what my personal brand is like if you follow me you'll see like i'll post very authentic content about myself that i probably am insecure posting like pictures of my skin on bad days or pictures of my body that I might not think looked the best but like that's what I knew that's what I want to be for little girls because that's real and that's a big part of um our generation is like the negative effects of social media and how like warped people's lives can look so that's kind of like a, a whole lot of, of information for one answer <laughs> but I think like the effect that I can have on, on younger women and little girls is like a huge part of why I care so much about my personal brand and social media and how, I mean,
0: I know we talked a lot about kind of overcoming the self-doubt and overcoming all of that and staying rooted, but how has it kind of, what what kind of process, I guess that's more what I'm trying to ask, was it to go from, you know, obviously there's the stereotypical social media posts you make, the more like... Um, not necessarily authentic and genuine content, but to go and make, you know, authentic and genuine content on TikTok, on Instagram, all that kind of stuff. How do you kind of undergo that? And what was that process kind of like for you to kind of go from like what it should be in air quotes should be to posting whatever you want and freely kind of posting? That's probably one
1: of the best questions I've ever been asked. I don't think anyone's asked me something like that before before but it is so real and so important. And you see, I think you do see a lot of like influencers who want to like um, be more real with their following go through this process with their feed and with their content. Like it takes first and foremost, a a lot of confidence to be able to like so rawly present yourself without any of the gimmicks or perfect poses that you might've seen before. Um, And then also it takes like, vulnerability I would say like I choose to share so much of my life with 236,000 people which is like terrifying when I think about it but I'm choosing to be vulnerable to be courageous if you will um so I think it was like a comfort that I kind of gained and then I think the more like of this type of content I posted the more confident and um comfortable I felt with myself as a result it was like I wasn't like I mean i i'll be completely honest i used to be someone who cared so much about the likes that i got or like the perfect instagram picture and it and looking back i'm like that was so unhealthy and i think i feel so much more comfortable with myself knowing that like i'll post whatever the heck i want knowing that this is the real me and take it or leave it you know and i think that that's been like really well re- recepted or um received <laughs> <isn't a> word. <laughs> received by my following and by um the people who really appreciate seeing that authentic piece of me. So it is funny, like I'll look back at my old pictures and I'm like, what was I doing? Like this has absolutely no need to be on your feet, Anna. I mean and obviously I still like that's absolutely no hate or shade to like the perfect Instagram picture. I will still go take thirty million pictures to get a good Instagram picture every now and then when I think I look good. Like that's absolutely <laughs> not what I'm what I'm getting at here. But I think it's a balance and I think if you do have the following and you do have people that are looking up to you, you have um what's the word an obligation to be real and to present the authentic side of yourself that isn't just the perfect makeup and the perfect skin and the perfect body and the perfect life because no one has a perfect life absolutely no one
0: that was that was a really good answer and a really good perspective to have (laughs) and i think that's something that resonates with a lot of people to kind of want to break away from the stereotypical i guess what social media should be and kind of make it more genuine and make it more honest and make it more authentic so respect uh tenfold to you for doing that and um that's definitely a good model to lay out for a lot of people but speaking of model and role model you mentioned you know being the person you wish you would have had when you were younger but when you were younger and even now who inspires you who do you look up to and who kind of lights your flame
1: My mom, my older sisters, I know that's such a cliche answer, but like I have so much respect and adoration for my my older sisters and my mom, and I think they've shaped a huge part of me. Um, On top of that, I think like there are influencers with quadruple times, the following that I have, that have kind of set a good precedent for I look at them and I'm like, okay, I would love to be like that. Like I would love to promote the positivity and realness that they do with their following. And that's always a good base for me. Obviously, I don't know them personally, but um, it's definitely something that, like, has shaped me. And I would say, oh, man, I mean, there's, like, a million people I can mention. I think I I really do take um, a little bit of inspiration and a little bit of influence from uh, everyone around me um, in in a different way. So my, my mom and my sisters, I would say, are the big ones that come to mind now.
0: Now, in speaking on influences and all these people that rooted you, encouraged to be ambitious, all of this, it led you to something really cool that you're doing, Courtside with Camden. You've been doing this for a while. You have interviewed so many cool people. Can you talk about how Courtside with Camden started? And then, I guess, kind of what the process has been like, kind of creating your own podcast and
1: going through all of that. Yeah, so I was... um... Actually in a quarantine dorm at Penn State last spring, <laughs> um, on Easter. I was miserable. I was uh quarantined because my roommate had gotten COVID. And I was just laying in bed and I was thinking about random things, and all of a sudden the name quartz out of Camden just came to me. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that is such a good name, and there's no way that I can have that name and not use it. So I literally just like pulled out my notes on my phone and had like in 20 minutes had like three pages of notes. That of, of inspiration and ideas to get this thing launched. And so I did research, ordered some not fantastic equipment, but the equipment that I could afford, like just like, you know, started playing out how I was going to do this, lined up my guests. I obviously am really fortunate to have great connections through athletics. So I got Micah Shrewsbury and I knew uh, Michael Giroux from TikTok and Penn State in general. So I started to get these guests lined up and it kind of just took off. And then as I got a bunch of episodes done, I started to get them. Um, Now they're on Apple Music and Spotify, so that's really super exciting. I will say though, like, I have absolutely no no idea what I'm doing. And there is the courage aspect. Like, I decided to jump first, figure it out later. Um, I had a lot of missteps. The first interview, this is like not even a known thing, but the first interview I did with Micah Shrewsbury, the entire first interview was like messed up recording, like buzzing noises. And we had to redo the entire interview. And bless his heart because he was so kind and willing to like literally redo the whole interview, but it was like, I remember being like a full panic attack like oh my gosh like this is my first time I just completely messed up like I had no idea what I was doing but like there's the failure of rejection that you have to have to grow that I was talking about earlier so it's been quite a process I'm still figuring out as we go um, it's very frustrating sometimes but at the end of the day I know that I'm passionate about it and I'm excited to like see where it goes in the future that's
0: that's awesome. The podcast itself is awesome. Um, and honestly, I feel like that podcast thing, the hiccup, I mean, it's like the infamous hiccup. I think everybody has it. I've talked to other people with podcasts. They all have like that, the horror story of recording an interview and something going wrong and having to restart it. I myself had a podcast. I had my I think my third one I ever did was somebody from Big Brother, um, Zach Rance, and bless him for still willing to being willing to do it, but I did it over a landline phone, and the phone disconnected halfway through the interview, and I had to call him back. We had to redo the entire, like, setup to the questions and everything, and I think everybody, and the quality was awful, so I think it's something everybody goes through. So you are not alone in that. It is a struggle <laughs> that a lot of people have, so you are good.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that, because, man, this, that was like a... I was, like, about to call my mom in tears, like, this is not working, I can't
0: do this by myself. Like, oh, it was so bad. Um, Before we wrap up here, two questions that are staples of this podcast that I have to ask you. So the first, I'm going to start with the lighter one because we've talked about a lot of heavier stuff, and I want to end with this (laughs) because I know this is probably the perfect tailor-made question to you. So I'm going to save that one. I'm going to do it in reverse order for any listeners who are going to get thrown off by this. But this question is, if you could be any kind of boat – what boat would you be and why?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I am, like, so not a boat, car, vehicle person. Like, I don't even know names of boats to give you an answer to this question, though. I'm, like, I, I'm going to be completely honest. I could literally be, like, the things that I know are, like, sailboat and yacht. Like, that's all I got <laughs> in my mind right now. So, <laughs> I am sorry for this boring answer, but I guess I would just go a yacht because that's the only answer that I know. Um, I'm not very informed on this on this area of of, of voting
0: (laughs) it i i think that's a good answer i I, the amount of times i've gotten yacht, it's not cliche because a lot of people have different reasonings and i think that's definitely the funniest reason though because that's one of the only two you can think of so i i respect it i think that's a good answer (laughs) um on a deeper note the question i have to ask you before we close out here is when it's all said and done anna what do you want your legacy to be
1: yeah, I mean, I, I, I think what we've talked about is pretty much that I want to have a positive effect on the people around me. Um, there was a in in our in our media brand class, um, uh, Stephanie Shirley came in and put a quote on the board, and it said, um, "Where your talents meet the needs of the world, therein lies your purpose," um, and that's something that like I will never forget because. I want to be remembered for living out my purpose and I I do firmly believe that my purpose is having a light and a positivity and an influence on um, the people around me. So I want to be remembered for being a loving, kind-hearted, powerful, sound-minded person. Um, And and I think that that's really cool for me because I can do that no matter what, no matter what I'm doing. When I'm playing basketball, when I'm on social media, when I'm maybe reporting one day, like no matter what life throws my way, I, I can stick to that purpose and be remembered that way. So, um, that would be my answer to that question.
0: That was an awesome answer. And, and even inserting that little quote in there, that was perfect. I much <laughs> credit to you. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for coming on. And I wanted the floor is yours. The red carpet's laid out, plug away, plug the TikTok, plug courtside with Camden. and <laughs> Where can people find all the incredible stuff you're doing?
1: okay well this is so funny because usually i'm on the flip side of things like being interviewed is not i mean obviously I, i'll be interviewed for sports and stuff but i'm usually the one asking the question so this is really funny for me but um instagram and tiktok are both anna camden uh my podcast is courtside with camden it's on spotify apple music and anchor um and all of my social media there's a link tree that you can find linked all of my cameo youtube socials uh podcasts all of the above. So. You can find me all on there. Um, Thank you so much for having me on, Dylan. I really appreciate it.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again, Anna. And that was the great Anna Camden. And thanks once again to the great Anna Camden for taking the time to come on Ambitious. It was a pleasure having her on, and I'm so excited to see all the great things she accomplishes in her future. Go check her out on social media. Like she said, she's a great follow for authentic content, like we talked about, and really just a laugh time to time as well. And if you want to tune into more Ambitious with Dylan Price content, you can follow us on Instagram at Ambitious Podcast, Twitter Ambitious with DP, and YouTube Ambitious with Dylan Price. Have a wonderful week, Ambitious listeners, and yeah, happy New Year! And let's make 2022 an Absolutely fantastic one.